0: Good evening. Tonight we're going to be discussing a early 70s, well, what we call a crime drama these days. It's got a, a, a police detective in the homicide department in the beautiful Hollywood Hills. Well, hello there, Mr. Smelly. Happy January night to you. Yes. By the way, one degree, one degree outside
1: of uh, the Marinette Theater here in Spud's Flats, New York. Uh, 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 Gertie kindly came in about five hours early to crank the heat and get things going. It's a large space here, but uh, uh, we got a blanket over our laps. We're going to be okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, dipped quite a bit a few days ago, and we have only just recently seen uh, temperatures in the 20s out there in the not-quite-Apple country. So I was glad that uh, Miss Gertie turned the heat on there. But, you know, despite the cool temperatures, kind of like tonight's show that we're talking about takes place in Southern California, I hear that Miss Gertie... Is a devoted sunbather now. Um, I had a time or two that I came to the theater and she was up there on the roof catching some rays. I will tell you that.
1: Is that right? I didn't know that.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Oh, well, that, that's nice. And I, I, I yeah,
1: keep, yeah. Just keep flapping your gums.
0: Hey, did that, Mr.
1: Star Sage? Huh?
0: Did, did that lawsuit with Tan Mom ever get settled?
1: <laughs> Listen. I don't want to talk about it. You're you're lucky. This place is as warm as it is, even though it's not warm. But it's better than it would have been if I had to come in five hours early. Wow.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, th- thanks to um, our, our our resident cougar. I mean, showgirl. Uh, we we have a little bit of money to be paying for the heat bill. So thanks for the sugar daddy. <laughs>
1: Yeah! yeah. Oh my God, are you going to let me intro this stupid show? I don't have to wait around in the cold forever.
0: Well, I was just about to pay you a compliment. Speaking of highlights, those beautiful highlights that our showgirl's wearing, and she snuck down there to the stage. Would you like to tell us what we're watching tonight? But yeah. Okay, here we go. And She's ready. Frank Columbo
1: is a lieutenant and a detective with the Homicide Department at the Los Angeles Police Department. Despite being underpaid, overworked, and driving a car on its last legs, he managed to meet some characters. Well, you might say some were persons of interest. Columbo often plays it cool, but every now and then he lets his wit Slide in This series had a run Over two decades With almost a dozen Episodes each year it was on the air So grab a Trench coat and a notepad But please eh, Leave the cigars at home It's time for Columbo with Peter Falk Hit it boys <laughs>
2: what do you get when you take a dash of the silver screen a pinch of golden oldies
0: and a smidgen of screaming it's time for matinee minutia with your host dj and So, Toppy, this is the '70s we're talking about tonight, and uh, it's a, a crime, sort of a crime drama. that ran for quite a while, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of that, we don't really have a trailer because it's, it's not a movie. It was kind of, it was kind of TV movies because each episode was about that length. In fact. For a time, it was part of the... What was it? Like the Sunday mystery movie or something like that? Uh, the NBC mystery movie. Uh, yep. Uh, on sun-
1: Sunday nights. It was what they called a, a wheel show. Mm-hmm. Meaning that... Uh, uh, Columbo was just one of several movies that would come on that particular uh, night on Sundays on the... Uh, Sunday mystery movie and uh, there was also at various times uh, McCloud most uh, popularly and McMillan and wife hmm. and Columbo so uh, it was a series but uh, each of them was only on like once a month mm-hmm. and that gave them the producers an opportunity to spend longer on each episode Uh, not only to make it, you know, approximately a two-hour movie, but they had more time to devote to it and to make it a little bit better than your average one-hour drummer. Hmm.
0: I'm just getting my wits about me here. Sorry. Thinking about Southern California just uh, puts me in a spot here. (laughs) Spot of sun, perhaps, but... uh, We'll see here. So I think that this would be a good moment to play a series trailer. These are some highlights over the years.
3: Uh, my name is Columbo, ma'am. I'm a uh, lieutenant uh, from the police. They've got someone on it, Lieutenant Columbo. I'm sure you'll be talking to him, he's very efficient. Believe me, if there's anybody who can do anything about it, it's going to be Lieutenant Columbo.
0: Welcome, sir, what do you get for an order?
3: Oh, thank you very much, yes. As a matter of fact, I am a bit hungry. Ah. Uh, uh, I'll always think of you as the queen of cosmetics. But if things do get too bad, if you ever do need to get out of this crazy roly coaster business.
2: Oh, David. You innocent lamb. Are you in for
3: a surprise? No, thank you, darling. You're not gonna make a sucker out of me like you did Murchison. You know, there was a time when I would have given you anything. Now, quite frankly, I wouldn't even... Carl? What makes you think her murder was premeditated? usual thing, sir. Little facts that plain don't fit, you know, sir, uh, anything i hate is one of those little facts doesn't ever seem to matter how small it is either sir could be this big no the newspaper on the foyer table that was a late edition i mean i even saw racetrack results in it. exactly what is your point lieutenant i'm not sure i have one. you know this case is so full of confusing details that uh excuse me uh i said to myself what i'm going to do is i'm going to make a tape record
2: now come on lieutenant don't tell me they got you back out here chasing after Luke's daydream.
3: Lieutenant, why are you hounding Beth? Hounding? Who, me? Oh, no, I'm not hounding anybody. Oh, no, no. No, what I'm trying to do is get to the bottom of this thing. <laughs> you know, Lieutenant. Suddenly, I thought of something. How clever that first murder was. The phone gimmick. Working late in the office. Brilliant. Are you awarding gold medals today? Yes for the first one, not for the second one that was sloppy. When I planted that seed about searching for the thermos bottle, I called the Rangers and the Boy Scouts. I knew it was gonna worry you, and you'd come out here and look for the parachute. Then I knew. The problem was why you did it. The father loves his son. You did it to protect your boy. All right, Lieutenant, you win.
0: Uh, The classic trick to reveal the secret. It's interesting that uh, you came up with
1: with Frank, uh, probably in in your research. Uh, Columbo is never referred to as anything other than Lieutenant Columbo or Columbo on the show. Uh, And yet um, it's sort of known or believed that his first name is Frank. And as Tommy Heschbrandt points out in the chat room... Uh, if, if you were able to freeze frame your TV uh, when you had your VHS tape <laughs> or more currently streaming, uh, if you if you if you put it on still just at the right time, you might see his name. But they didn't hardly ever show a close up of his, uh, you know, lieutenant badge or whatever he would show. He would bring it out in almost every episode. Hmm. But uh, but Frank, uh, you know, uh, is apparently what was written uh, on that ID, and apparently that's his first name.
0: In, in an interview that I heard with Mr. Falk, he mentioned that uh, his um, Columbo's first name was something that's probably embarrassing. And I just find that ironic that a man whose first name is Peter... <laughs> Probably went through life with people picking on him for that being his first name, but uh, you know, oh, could be. Um, well, first of all, I want to welcome
1: the chat room: uh, Aunt Tudor, Billy, De- De- Star Sage, uh, RT Cruiser over there in the Australia. Thank you for being here, our pal Tommy Hash Browns, and uh, also Aunt Tudor's partner Sam is listening in. They're both big fans of Colombo, so we're glad they're here and there might be people listening that aren't showing up on my little list here so welcome one and all and uh, uh, DJ explain that whole whole deal about how we're
0: Simulcasting, how well, about that? I big know word. big, on, big uh, words. Uh, uh speaking uh, of uh, network television, YouTube. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, so Maddie Minouche is performed live twice a month on the first and third Fridays kind of like you know a, a TV network movie night um, but uh, you come over to com and you can choose how you want to experience your trivia you can either just listen in when you click on the tower there or you could participate by going to the chat room there that's that little discord button that looks like a a face mask but if you're uh, if you're wanting to see the uh, the wonder and the costuming, because we're in an old theater here, folks. We have a wardrobe department. It gets a little dusty now and then, but some of the moth-eaten stuff is pretty fun to look at. You there can, you go. You can click on the YouTube logo that's on our page there, and you can see us in our glory. Or at least DJ. Uh, DJ, uh, describe your look tonight, please. Okay. Let's play the... Um, the uh, game show prize music da da da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, i am wearing a very um low budget uh, policeman's outfit for for the uh, um you know on the uh, go look here i've got my uh, kind of khaki colored jacket on here And then I've got my button-down shirt and a tie, and my hair's kind of a little messed up, because, you know, maybe the missus kicked me out, and I slept in the car last night. Right. Uh, But, uh, explain the
1: background. uh, Oh, yes! uh, And there's some ducks or swans.
0: Right! I I was explaining to uh, Toppy that, uh, we are on location. We, we have a fancy kind of high-tech room here at the marionette. It allows us to be on location of our subject we're discussing. And this is a scene of a crime because something's gone afoul. Now, <laughs> now if, you, if, you, if you take a look at us on YouTube, we're, we're at a pond and there's some ducks. <laughs> there's some ducks afoul. Get it. Anyways,
1: I didn't think – I knew at some point – in the chat room, someone would say mention Mrs. Calapo, yeah. <laughs> television series with Kate Mulgrew, and sure enough, Tommy Hutchins got it in there. Uh, a strange concept, but yeah. Um, when NBC canceled uh, the whole mystery movie night uh, and everybody on it, there was—I uh, don't know how long it was after. Um, And I'm not even sure it was NBC, but uh, they came up with Mrs. Columbo, who is mentioned in practically every episode of Columbo by Peter Falk as Columbo. Um, He's always talking about his wife. It's one of the little things they put in almost every episode. Sure enough, someone had the brilliant idea to have a, a show with Mrs. Columbo, who's somehow... Gets involved with mysteries and uh, it did it, it met with uh not great success and they quickly kind of retooled it uh, i think they got a lot of flack um for the colombo aspect and they retooled it uh to practically not refer to the show as mrs colombo at all um but eventually it, it just bit the big one I don't think it lasted more than 13 episodes,
0: if even
1: that. Hmm.
0: Well, you know, it all comes back to Star Trek. It was Kate Mulgrew. <laughs> there you go. Kate Mulgrew wasn't it. Um, I watched it back in the day,
1: and I, you know, I mean that all that everything I just said was beyond
0: me. I just kind of liked it. So, mm-hmm. so this was the 1971 toppy. Uh lead us in that direction. Well, that was the debut of uh, the show,
1: uh, as it as it was introduced on uh, the mystery movie, uh, or even before that. Actually, there's a long story there. We'll get into it. But 1971, DJ, oh uh, the world in 1971,
0: U.S. history in 1971, Uniform Monday Holiday Act. Federal holidays observed on Mondays because of the Uniform Holiday Act. There was a ban on cigarette ads on television and radio that took effect. Hmm. Columbo? Uh, Satchel Paige, one of your favorite persons, Satchel, Satchel. (laughs) He became the first black league player to get voted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 71. Uh, Congress discontinued funding for the supersonic transport, the Concord, in 71. Lower in for quite a few years afterwards. Uh, the first Starbucks opened in Seattle way back in 71. Hard to believe. Yeah. The U.S. ended its trade embargo on China. Uh, I remember you used to look for the little ROC on things that came from China, because that was the Republic of China, which was Taiwan and not mainland at the time. Ah, And then the 26th Amendment lowered the voting age from 21 to 18. Also in 71, the U.S. dropped the gold standard. Do you know Fort Knox? Well, the U.S. Treasury's deposit of gold, it was no longer the standard after 71. Uh, the US Postal Service was spun off as its own corporation. And I, I think Jerry Lewis did a movie with the, uh, the Postal Service later on. Uh, Walt Disney World opened in Orlando in 71. And then, last but not least, certainly a little bit of technology here. Intel, you know the the people that made the super chip. They released Intel. the f- bum, 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 bum. yes. They released the first commercially available microprocessor. So you know uh, those shows that had the machines with the big reels in the background. Well, they they weren't using those after a time. Awesome.
1: I just want to say hello to Martin Gertz who so just came into the chat room a little while ago. Uh, celebrity births. Uh, well, uh, 1971 uh, brought the birth of Mary J. Blige, the singer, Regina King, actress, uh, Sean Astin, uh, actor, uh, Lord of the Rings. We know him mostly from Shannon Doherty, <laughs>
0: of, uh, from Dino
1: 210 and other weird things. Charmed. Charmed, uh, John. Oh, I, I no, slap me silly for saying that because Matt Burlingame is going to be listening. He will. And forget I said anything, like I anything negative at all about Shenandoah. Just forget. <laughs> and Not that I said anything negative. I don't know what I'm talking about. John Billingsley, uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Who did he play on that? Who was the Doctor, Doctor Flocks? Oh my God, I loved him. Uh, Chris Tucker, stand-up actor. Uh, and uh, stand-up actor <laughs> stand-up comedian and actor uh amy polar am i pronouncing that right it's peeler peeler all right uh comic and actress winona rider uh we know her most from that uh strange things stranger things
0: yeah, and she was yeah. Spock's mommy in the, fir- the first the oh. Star Trek movies in '09. Oh, it's all the to the Star Trek. Uh, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg, uh, Boogie Nights, and many other things. You know, he kept that prosthetic uh, that was used in Boogie Nights.
1: Oh, I don't blame him.
0: I'd haul that out.
1: Actually, I don't remember it being that impressive.
0: You know what I mean? Well, you know, uh, I haven't watched it recently, but maybe it deserves a revisit. Well, (laughs) you know, I don't know.
1: Uh, Oh, Maren Gertz asks, why can't she not see me? I'm camera shy, Maren. I just... I just don't like being on Oh, I am a radio guy. <laughs> uh, I am a, uh, you know, audio person. And uh, yeah, we don't. Uh, look, I just know.
0: Uh, DJ, however, loves it. and well, uh, that's why you... um, well, we'll keep it in line with tonight's theme. You see, this is a police crime drama series. And Toppy is part of the Witless Protection Program. <laughs> no.
1: It's <laughs> 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 oh, a good one dj <laughs> yeah, brother uh, look uh, why don't we talk about what was uh up against colombo when it was on the air of course it was on the air for a damn long time but mm-hmm. what
0: were some of the shows it was competing oh, all right so let's warm up the old boob tube folks That smoked from the back there. All right. So back in 71, when we only had three networks, now I I lost count nowadays, Columbo premiered on NBC, the Peacock and former home of Star Trek. In the fall of 71, network TV scheduled it to air on Wednesdays for some strange reason at 8.30 in its first season. And, and uh, what in, a weird time to start it. Truly, I mean, I guess the kids might be to bed, and you could watch something, but I don't know. Wednesday. Yeah. All right. So opposite, uh, Colombo on Wednesday nights that first season on CBS, the, the eyeball, the Big Brother, was a very beloved show. The Carol Burnett show was on. Which it. is news to me because I forever associate it with the 10 p.m. time slot and. Mm. I was like, well, I never knew it was on an eight and on ABC, which Columbo actually uh, switched over to in its later years was a show, uh, in the, um, uh, heyday of its run because it only ran a, a few seasons actually the courtship of eddie's father which starred bill bixby in the beginning of his career bill bixby <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah before that he did uh my favorite martian or my friend the martian or my uncle the
0: martian oh, whatever that yes. was yes uh, anyways, um, uh, that was that was a favorite of mom and dad's, and of course, I didn't see it until it was on Nick at Night. But uh, anyways, mm-hmm. so uh, in '72, NBC moved Columbo to Sunday nights, where it was part of NBC's aforementioned Sunday mystery movie. And as Toppy was mentioning, it was along with McLeod and McCloud <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and McMillan and wife, which, if I'm not mistaken. One of the actresses from that show is in something we're going to talk about later, uh, is a a sitcom actress there. Anyways, opposite on CBS when it moved to Sundays was Mannix. Oh, boy,
1: Mannix. What an old-style, old TV-style detective
0: show that was. (laughs)
1: Ah, (laughs) Mannix.
0: No, uh, Columbo would stay on Sunday nights until the end of its first run in 78. And then when the show was revived, because they, they took a break for a while, it was brought over to ABC, and it premiered on Saturdays at 9 o'clock. And at that point in the later years of its revival opposite it on NBC, and I'm sorry, it just didn't... This is probably what I was watching instead, although I don't think we were allowed to watch it in my house. The Golden Girls, which, of course, we just recently lost Betty White, but she had a fabulously long life, and I only helped to be around as long as her to annoy the people in my life. Anyways, Uh (laughs) and then over on the new network which was uh, Fox, because, you know, we, we eventually got things like Married with Children and The Simpsons. Over on Fox on Saturdays was In Living Color, which was the beginning of many people's career, including Jim Carrey and the Wayans Brothers. There you go. Tommy Ashburn's trying to trying to remember who was
1: Mannix. Is it Robert Conrad, William Uh Uh... I, I I can't remember who was in Mannix. if I heard the name I'd remember. Uh Japers, I can't remember. I want to say it might have been Robert somebody. Robert. Um, I might anyways, Robert Conrad's almost it. Somebody in the in the in the chat room will uh, will bring up the real name.
0: I bet you Aunt Tudor can give us an answer because he is a nostalgia nut. Uh uh, all right. Uh, why
1: don't we talk about the origins of uh, this show, Colombo? Because it's really pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Turns out, one of the main men behind the show is Richard Levinson. Uh, primarily a writer, uh, but he did some producing and 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 other things. Uh, He was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, The
0: city of of brotherly love.
1: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Got a bachelor's degree in economics in 1956. He was in the army, 57, 58. He married actress Roseanne Huffman in 69. So Richard Levson had a buddy. His name was William Link. And the two of them fancied themselves... Uh, writers and quite uh, before that they sent in a little story called dear corpus delicti to an issue of alfred hitchcock's mystery magazine this was an anthology magazine a little digest size magazine there were many of them i think one was called anthology Magazine. (laughs) <laughs> um, and they were just, they were uh, popular magazines where anybody could submit a story and possibly get it published. And a lot of writers got their first shot at, at, uh, being published in magazines like Alfred Hitchcock's mystery magazine and, uh, Levinson and Link got their little short story, uh, uh, published and this little short story featured a police lieutenant named fisher uh and uh, guess what it was basically Columbo. Hmm. um and man yeah uh oh do we have the name of Mannix yet uh it's mike connors yep that was it um uh and uh, and that's that was really uh, this little gem, a little germ of an idea by Levinson and Link uh, was their first shot at doing this character, this detective uh, who, uh, you know, was kind of uh, down to earth, not very fancy and frequently put into places of the rich and famous. And he was a bit of a fish out of water character because he was uh, he was humble uh, and drove a crappy car and didn't get paid much, but he was constantly put in, in uh, up against uh, characters who were quite rich and uh, thought they were a little uh, clever uh, people. And, uh, and this, uh, this uh, humble detective went out with them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, uh, after this short story, I, um, uh was done uh, they uh, wrote up another columbo it wasn't called columbo yet but it was a little episode of a television anthology series called the the che- chevy mystery show chevy being the sponsor uh and it was titled enough rope and uh it was an, actually an adaptation of their story in Alfred Hitchcock's magazine. And again, featured a Columbo-like character by the name of uh, uh, Fisher. And the actor to portray him was was Bert Freed. And uh, he was kind of a stocky guy with a thatch of gray hair. Hmm. And uh, Freed wore a rumpled suit and smoked a cigar. So- but... Uh, Most of the mannerisms we know from Columbo portrayed by Falk hadn't, you know, come around yet because they were Falk creations. Hmm. Uh, But it's recognizably Columbo. Mm -hmm. And uh, the character would use the same kind of methods of misdirecting and distracting his uh, suspects before. Uh, springing the, uh, the reveal of, of how it was done. And uh, 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 there's a, um, a way that uh, that story was told is that the character uh, portrayed by Burt Free didn't show up until, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes in. And that first part of the show was the crime. Mm-hmm. And that little bit became a signature of Columbo. And every episode of Columbo starts with the commission of the crime. You're introduced to the people that, that are involved. You're, you're shown right away who the murderer is. It's not a mystery to you who are watching um, and the uh, entertainment or the satisfaction is going along with Columbo, us knowing, you knowing what happened, but watching Columbo try to figure it out. So that was quite unique, really. Mm-hmm. So in 68, they did another round of Columbo, this time casting Peter Falk and The title and the character's name was Columbo.
0: Mr. Smelling, if I can can just have you hold your place for only a moment, we'll pick up right back there again. We are at about the halfway mark in our show, so we're going to step out here to the candy counter. I'll have an O. Henry, Miss Gertie. That was one of Dad's favorite candies. And uh, we are going to entertain you for about three minutes-ish. Uh, with an interview from Inside the Actors Studio, Mr. Falk and Mr. James Lipton. With
2: more pleasure than I can express, we come to Colombo. <laughs> Clearly, a decision was made very early on to guard Colombo's privacy. It is one of the most brilliant strokes of this brilliant series. Uh, we know very little about him. Does he still drive that Peugeot?
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, We know that he has children, but we don't know how many. Uh, We know that he, like, his favorite song is... This
3: old man, he played one. That's right. He played knick-knack on my thumb. (laughs)
2: Um, Now, William Link has made a very interesting suggestion. He has said that it is possible, remember, he's one of the creators of the show, that there is no Mrs. Columbo and that she is utilized and created by him in order to make a point. I disagree. I
3: disagree, I think he does have a wife, but I'm not sure how many relatives
2: he has. How did the raincoat originate?
3: I thought that I had read in the script that he was wearing a raincoat, Lincoln Levinson, they claimed that it, uh, it never said a raincoat, that it was a top coat. but uh, that's my memory. And uh, I knew of a raincoat that I wanted to wear, and that was mine. I liked it, I felt comfortable in it. And I also had a pair of shoes that I wanted to wear, because they were brown, and they, were, they had a high top on them, and it looked like something that an immigrant from, from Italy would wear. So now we're into brown. We got brown shoes, we got a brown raincoat, and they had a suit there. The suit was all right. I said, maybe could you dye that brown? So they dyed that brown. And the shirt, we dyed that bass, so and we had a symphony of brown. Uh, I, I, I felt that uh, drab would be, would be good for him. Mm. And uh, there was one concession to color, and that was that drab green tie,
2: Right. and right. that was his one burst of color. Has the raincoat been retired?
3: Well, people say that it's in the Smithsonian Institute, and uh, if my second-floor closet is the Smithsonian Institute, <laughs> <laughs> And that's where it is.
2: I, I'm curious uh, to know how much you've contributed to the writing of that show. Colombo has a, a shoe fetish. He frequently asks these rich folks, how much did those shoes cost, right? Right,
3: that's my contribution, to be able to lean over to the defense attorney and say confidentially, what'd
2: you pay for those shoes?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that just tickles you to do that.
2: The most famous Colombo trademark, of course, is the false exit, the return, and the lethal one more thing. (laughs) Was that there from the beginning? Was it in the original? Yes,
3: that was in the original. And the the trick then was, once it was in the original, was in the 60s succeeding shows, to find ways to do it with some originality and some difference. Walk out, actually leave, come back, tap on a window from the outside. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we tried every possible way to give that variety.
2: How many Emmys have you won for Columbo? Four.
0: Okay, so we were uh, talking about when Peter Falk came into the role after the short stories, Mr. Smelly. They got Falk involved in the first
1: teleplay. It was a success. They wanted to do more of them, and uh but it, it took a few years the 68 was the first peter Falk movie and it it took uh all the way till 1971 to pull it all together again as as a reoccurring a uh, show uh they did have in 71 uh, another pilot movie it was also a success and, and that made them say yeah let's do this as a regular show and uh and that's how it all got started uh, believe it or not, way back when they were trying to cast a Columbo, can you believe that they were seriously considered considering Bing Crosby? Oh. Honest to God, they were. And Bing Crosby basically said, I'd rather be playing golf. No, thanks. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's how they ended up with, with Peter Falk. Um. And uh, uh, Falk himself really uh, wasn't keen on on starting a regular weekly uh, TV series because he was he kind of had it going on in the movies, and uh, he really wasn't sure he wanted to commit to this. Uh, um, but that uh, that's when the network kind of arranged for this revolving wheel show where there was McMillan and wife McCloud. and that meant it wasn't as a, as rigorous a schedule for Falk and actually all the other actors on the NBC mystery movie. Um, and so uh, he stayed with it and he stayed with it and he stayed with it and won lots of Emmy Awards and other awards for portraying Columbo. And as the years wore on, The writers, to their chagrin, got more and more forced out of how the show would go. And Peter Falk got more and more power to say what he wanted. And ultimately, the producers listened to Falk. And Falk got more and more control over the show, for good or worse. I don't know. You know, those last shows on ABC were really Falk-centric. I mean, he really had, he even had his name in the production as executive producer, I believe. And uh, that's where he had the most control. And I don't know if those were the best shows. Um, But anyways, uh, be that as as it may, Peter Falk made the show uh, his own, uh, he he was able to add uh, bits of business that he liked, uh, uh, like that shoe thing, lots of other little uh, uh, mannerisms uh, that Columbo had were all from his brain, and he really made the character his own. I think he really loved
0: playing it, and it certainly was a hit with viewers. Hmm. Well, I will go ahead and uh, advance the conversation here. We're going to talk about the actor himself, Mr. Peter Falk. He played Lieutenant, and uh, some sources called him Frank Columbo, which, of course, as Toppy mentioned, his first name never appeared on screen—at least um, not in the days, uh, you know, camera quality. You can pause and zoom in and all that nowadays. But Mr. Falk was born in New York City, and. Um, he passed away a few years back here in 2011 at the age of 83. Uh, now by the age of three though, uh, Mr. Falk developed cancer, which resulted in the removal of his right eye. Uh, before graduating high school, he was elected president of his class so he he was accomplishing things early in life. His early career choices involved becoming a certified public accountant, CPA. He worked as an efficiency expert for the Budget Bureau of the State of Connecticut before becoming an actor, so he was a pencil pusher. Falk was twice nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for Murder Incorporated in 1960 and Pocket Full of Miracles. Now These are movies in 61. He won his first Emmy Award in 62 for uh, Appearance on the Dick Powell Theater, and he was the first actor to be nominated for an Academy Award and an Emmy Award in the same year, achieving that twice in 61 and 62. And then he went on to appear in such films as It's a Mad, 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 Mad World in 63.
1: I don't, I don't remember who he played in that. Do you? I have
0: no I idea. Don't. I don't. I know it. a lot of any interviews I've seen with him, people ask him what it was like to work with those actors because... You know, it was an all-star cast. Well, that was in 63. Uh, I do I do believe wasn't that a Mel Brooks film? No, no, no. 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 Oh, okay. No. I am I, uh, I miss I missing miss, my place here. Anyways, the great in, uh 65, Falk was in the Great Race, and in 68, a film called Anzio. And then in 74, A Woman Under the Influence. And then here's a title we've discussed in the recent past here on this show, Murder by Death with the incomparable Eileen Brennan at his side. And in 76, he was in Mikey and Nikki. And then in 78, a, a film uh, that I think uh, has a lot in common with Murder by Death. It was The Cheap Detective. Yeah. and then another film we discussed with Mr. Falk in 79 with I do believe it was it Stanley Tucci in that I can't remember uh the in-laws, what a terrific film and then in 87 of course Mr. Falk was involved with the princess bride and uh he was in Wings of Desire in the same year in 92 he was in The Player and in 07 in a film called Next and he, as well, he had many television guest roles. Now, 96, TV Guide ranked Falk number 21 on its 50 greatest TV stars of all time. And as you heard, Mr. Falk won four primetime Emmy Awards for Columbo for the years 72, 75, 76, and 90, and a Golden Globe Award in 73 for Columbo. Now, I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to put you on the spot only for a moment, Mr. Smelly. Can you imagine what my first exposure to Mr. Falk's work might have been? Just take well, a wild guess. I don't expect uh, you to get right.
1: I don't know. I'm I'm thinking. Uh, I'm I'm thinking.
0: Uh, I'll give you some hints because I uh, like like I said. I put him on the spot, so it's only fair. I lead you to the water here. So think early to mid '80s and uh think pop star who wants to make their first movie cuz that's what you know the, the the people are doing in the 80s is that the, the pop stars are are uh, trying to be movie stars and crossing over now you know um had jeff goldblum as the the love interest you may not have seen this uh they go to south america in the story she had wild hair and uh she was an advocate for women's rights on MTV. Girls just want to have fun. Okay. Cindy Lopper's uh, film premiere in the 80s okay. starred Peter Falk and Jeff Goldblum, and it was called Vibes. No kidding. I did not know that. And he, did, he played a detective-like character. He was a private eye in that film. He was... Uh, he was being sent on a mission to find a missing person, but uh, yes. <laughs> uh,
1: okay, I'm I'm I'm
0: I'm amused by Tommy
1: Hashbrown. He, he got a photo of Peter Falk accepting his Emmy, and and, and with him is is a, is are two people uh, who that may be Zaza, I guess. But and that is William Conrad, who was canon. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, yeah, not uh, not Mannix, <laughs> totally different. Uh, Mike Connor, yeah. Uh, anyways, that's funny. Uh, you've never quite seen uh, as old fashioned police show as Cannon uh, and Mannix, and those action scenes when William Conrad had to run. I'm telling you, that was pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> Ah! Needless to say, he didn't run in too many of those episodes, but there are a couple where he had to move fast, and it was pretty funny. All right.
0: DJ, how'd you like the show? Oh, it was great. You know, I've seen uh, many shows of this ilk uh, in my youth. Of course, because uh, my, my, well, I won't say that dad's a couch potato. He he liked TV because they were, it was his books. You know, he used to go to the movies as a kid to get to escape an unhappy home life. So uh quality time with dad was watching TV. And I remember watching shows that were similar to this. It, it might've been like Murder, She Wrote, but it was sort of a, a fun trip down memory lane for me because it reminded me of so many of the shows of that time period. And, uh, I think that even though I enjoyed Peter Falk's portrayal of the character and the character itself, I think that at least half of the excitement of, you know, quote unquote, tuning in for each episode was the guest that would be there. And now, um, I tried to watch a, a, uh, a fan favorite list and I got, pretty good way through them. But I will tell you, some of my favorite appearances were like Dick Van Dyke and also Ruth Gordon. Now, I'm sure that you have seen their appearances on this, right? I have. I have. Yeah, those were, those were great episodes. Uh,
1: yeah, those were great. Uh, so many other guest stars uh, of that era, That's those 70s Uh uh, most of them were TV personalities, but some of them uh, were uh, older in the movies, but oh my goodness. So many. Um, uh, uh, Donald Pleasance um, was one. Uh, Vincent Price was a guest star. And, um, so many. Uh, uh, Jack Cassidy famously in two episodes. Aunt Tudor just posted Vera Miles, uh, and she had a, a very memorable role. Where, uh, 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 damn it, she was doing her own stunts in that movie. That mm-hmm. was her climbing from the window into that tree and leaping to the ground. That was no stunt double. That was freaking Vera Miles. She she had it going on. Um, and just so many other great ones. Uh, And, you know, oh, God, like, you know, William Shatner was in one. Leonard Nimoy was in one. Roddy McDowell was in one. So many uh, really great performances uh, from so many wonderful actors of that time. And, And it's so much fun. Uh, to see them again on TV and watching you, this show.
0: And you know that the one you mentioned there just now Leonard Des Moines, that was another of my favorites because while I have seen him in other roles than in Star Trek, um, it, it's just odd to think that his appearance on Columba was only just like four short years after the original Star Trek was off the air yeah, and so you, you, um, the character that he played in that episode was a surgeon, and just by the mannerisms and the speaking that he had, it reminded me so much of when he had his science series in Search of.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, people in the chat room are are throwing out names. Uh, Robert Culp, Aunt Tudor said. Uh, uh, Johnny Cash entered. Um, Robert Conrad, I forgot about that one. Jessica Walter, Tommy says uh, so many. And one of the things, um, one of the things that was so much fun about the series was that these guest stars would would you know one of them uh, they they would be the person that committed the crime. Usually, mm-hmm. not usually. I guess I guess always it was a murder. And they were so sure that they had covered all the bases that they had. They all thought I've committed the perfect murder. And they were quite confident. And this pesky guy in the raincoat would come in and start annoying the living hell out of them. (laughs) And at first it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would come back. And "Yeah, yeah, okay. And. And then he'd come back. And every time he'd come back with some pointless, all, what seemingly pointless concern. <laughs> and it would annoy the living hell out of these people. And, but slowly they'd start to get a little concerned because it, at towards the end, it's always oh, God damn it. Is he, he's, he knows something. and, and then finally always differently always uh, well written uh, the reveal would come and and it w- always comes slightly different and and then the best thing of all was watching the guest star reacting to finally getting caught and the way the writers had all of them deal with that just a little bit different but you know some of them Brady McDonald just broke into laughter. He, he like he had a nervous breakdown or something. Uh, uh, Jack Cassidy, you know, bit his lip and <laughs> uh, and the, the, it was priceless. The guest actors who who finally were caught and their reactions were all priceless.
0: Yeah, you know, I I say that the Ruth Gordon appearance is my favorite only because, um, as was alluded to in the interview, the character of Columbo is is smarter than he lets on because, of course, that's part of the charisma of the character. He's got to, uh, you know, sort of trick you into revealing your secret. He's he's not that, you know, he, he pretends to not be that smart, but then you... <laughs> you, uh, you know, let the cat out of the bag, and ah, crap, he, he was smart all along. But Ruth Gordon's character was a novelist writing murder mysteries, and it was just so endearing to me because the roles that Ruth Gordon often plays were charming older women, and it was terrific watching those scenes because. You know, they were, um, it was like cat and mouse. She's like, oh, really? Huh? No, I wouldn't do that.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, and, and, you know, there again, when, when she's finally nailed and she knows, she knows it's kaput, uh, her reaction is just like everyone priceless. Uh, um, you know, uh. Uh, Colombo was a trickster. He really was. Uh, he uh, the word misdirecting his opponents is good because that's what he would do. And he was, uh, you know, you he would pretend to be a, a little bit of a bumbling, but he wasn't. Uh, but that's he he he. Uh, <laughs> Or maybe he was, but he was more than that. he was more than bumbling, so much more, and he would just catch his opponents completely off guard because they saw him as as a bit of a bumbling you know fool, you know, who's pretty much beneath them, and um they'd get trapped, they'd get trapped. You know there were some really strange scenes uh with Colombo being. The trickster. I'll tell you one right now. I can't tell you what episode this was in. But one of the things Columbo did to disarm his opponent, in this case, a woman, was he went onto a playground when the woman wasn't around and her child was there in a swing. And he went to the playground and started pushing the child in the swing. (laughs) And the kid was going push harder, push harder. And Columbo was like pushing this kid. Like it was, he was really going high. And all of a sudden I felt like, oh my God, this is so wrong.
0: Stranger danger.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Do you, did you see that one? uh, That would not fly nowadays. Of course, half the stuff that Columbo does to get the answers wouldn't happen now because, uh, you know, possibly people like him took advantage of the suspect and um, weaselled their way into the truth. Yeah,
1: but there were that wasn't the only one where, you know, at least today you you, you get like a oogie feeling from it. That was one, <laughs> absolutely. I think that was the the most egregious one. But there were there were others. There I were mean, others where it
0: was like. Mm, mm. <laughs> Ooh. I will say, I was expecting him to hand the kids some candy. <laughs> Honestly, God, it's
1: so funny. Uh, Tommy Hirschbrandt posted uh, this uh, shot with Falk and his uh, beagle. Uh, the way that came around is uh, for a uh, number of episodes. <laughs> Uh Columbo would haul this dog around with him, and it was it was his dog and it was explained that you know he couldn't leave him at home and and so he he'd go to the crime scenes with this dog, this droopy, droopy beagle uh ha! or hound dog of some sort, who was very forlorn and uh there's a great shot Tommy just posted look at that dog, <laughs> and he was such a sad sack dog, it was perfect for Colombo. And the reason that came about is that uh, the writers and the producers says, you know, we got to, uh, Columbo's been around for a long time now. Let's, can't we get into his family or show more of his family? I mean, we're running out of things to flesh out here. We got to introduce some new things. Like, and they want, you know, like they suggested, like, can't we ever see Mrs. Columbo? And Peter Falk put his foot down. He says, no. Uh, no, let's no, we're never showing Mrs. Columbo, we're not going to do stories about Columbo's family, that's not how we're going to flesh him out. Mm -hmm. And he said, What we're going to do is, I'm going to have a dog, (laughs) and that's how the dog came about. And uh, it became kind of a a pretty cute running gag for one season. Um, that old, that old hound, you know, I think it. I don't know if that's a Beagle or not. It's
0: part Beagle. I don't know what that is. I can already tell you that if anyone ever gets the harebrained idea to reboot Columbo, because of course it happens. Hollywood is full of reboots. It's only a matter of time. But I'll tell you that the, the next reboot of Columbo, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I broke the story first here, folks, on Matt Minutia. The reason why you never see Mrs. Columbo is because the best-kept secret of Columbo is that he is the murderer, and she is in the trunk of his car. Ah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: So I I love the show. I love the way it was written. I loved having the whole crime at the beginning. And I loved trying to figure out how is he going to figure this out? I never, by the way, I don't know how you guys were in this department. I never figured nothing out. I didn't know, you know, I just, I, I wasn't ever clever enough to figure anything out, but um, I was always quite entertained with uh, all the little things, uh, uh, tricks and how Columbo would come up with it and the clues because there were clues along the way um, but, but I was never clever enough to to guess I could never guess I, I couldn't guess I was going to do it but very entertaining Falk created such a memorable character um, and you know I think it deserves to be called you know one of the best ever TV shows in, on American TV Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. And part of the fun is not only seeing those guest roles, but, um, you know, watching it to see the reveal. Because you you know that the guest celebrity is going to be the bad guy. But how did they do it? And, you know, spoiler, with Leonard Nimoy's character, he dyed the sutures so that they looked like permanent sutures and no one would be the wiser. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. That was clever. See, mm-hmm. they did clever things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 by the way, uh, other behind-the-scenes stories from the guest stars were, uh, Falk could be difficult <laughs> on the set. Uh, because he he really did have a proprietary feeling about the character in the show. And he really especially when he became a producer towards the end you know really took an interest in the script and everything and the who's its and the what's its and and he also tended to do a lot of reshoots and a lot of uh oh, let's try it with this and let's do it this way and uh, for the guest stars a lot of them found that like, can we just get on with it? You know, they didn't appreciate all the delays and all the fussing and Falk would, would pull a few stunts occasionally, like just not come to the set. If he was pissed off enough and he would just, he knew the show couldn't go on without him. And sometimes he did that. I'm just, I don't agree. And so I'm not coming to work. (laughs) Uh, And that pissed the hell out of a lot of his guest stars. So a lot
0: of his guest stars don't have great stories about being on that show. Of course, that Um, also speaks to that era, too, because Mr. Falk was a film actor before he was a television actor. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in the heyday of Hollywood... They were used to having handlers, and you had somebody that looked out for your reputation. And if you were the star of the show, everybody else better be at your beck and call. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, there
1: there was clearly that uh, Falk was the head honcho. Absolutely. And he knew it, and he pulled his weight. And uh, obviously, he got along with some guest stars much better than others but you know some guest stars just they they just completely regretted ever going on the show it was so terrible <laughs> um this is interesting uh i think folks in the chat room are talking about if they if there was to be a new columba who would they want to play mm-hmm. i think is that what's going on and
0: uh i guess tommy suggested mark ruffalo oh well that would be interesting yeah I can almost see that. He he certainly has sort of the look, you know, he's a little salt and peppery and, uh, he, he plays the, um, the smart guy, you know, he was, um, Oh, I forget his name, but the guy who was the Hulk before he, Bruce Banner. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Um, you know, it just
1: wouldn't be the same without Falk. I mean, he made yep. it such his own, um, you might better just come up with a whole new show and a whole new character. Um,
0: but um, any final words, Deej? Well, um, you know, a lot of the things that we discuss are things from a day gone by. So they're not always readily available. But uh, if you if you go to a site I like to use quite often, justwatch.com, you can find out where you can find uh, shows like Columbo and I actually watched it for free on a site called Tubi, T-U-B-I. You know, you, you might need a, well, you actually, you don't need a, a fancy device like a Roku. You can actually just watch it on your computer through a web browser. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I started watching it. I,
1: uh, prior to that, it was a staple on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, I guess through, I, D-
0: N- imdb M. I- M- D- yes
1: I- M- D- B.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and uh, and then suddenly it was gone like just, just right before we were going to do this uh, they 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 took it off um and then dj said oh it's on tubi too. and i've been watching on tubi and I'm, you know tubi had more of the episodes i thought i was watching everything mm mm-hmm. On Amazon Prime, but no, they left out a ton of episodes. So when I when I went to Tubi, like DJ said, I found like cheapers. I, I, I I'm I've missed
0: so many, and I thought I'd seen them all. Well, what's interesting about watching TV series is is that you know you get those guides that fans create online nowadays, and you find out if these episodes actually aired in the order that they were filmed or if they put them out of a sequence because of some sort of a plot that's developing with the character. But when I went to watch Columbo, the pilots that were done, the films that were done a couple of years before the show, are included as numbered episodes. So it's a little confusing because you go to look up uh, like a fan favorite page, for example. Oh, season three, episode two. Okay. Well, the numbers are a little bit off, but the titles are what help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Oh, I know one thing I wanted to do to at least mention before we go mm-hmm. is if, if you've ever wondered the role of a director on a TV show. And you know, you look at it's, uh, the episodes of Columbo and they're all Uh, done well. Uh, I don't think there's any that are you could call poor uh, as far as the direction goes. Um, But there's one episode of Columbo that stands out above all of others. And it happened to be the premiere episode of the first season. And it was directed by A very young (laughs) Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know what the difference a director can make on a show, watch that episode. Especially if you've seen other episodes. Believe the other episodes are fine. But if you want to see what a director can bring to something, watch that episode directed by Steven Spielberg. It's phenomenal. The the camera is moving. He uses uh, wide-angle lenses and extreme close-ups. He's got an angle where you're looking way up at something. He's got an angle where he's looking way down on something. He's pulling back from this and revealing that. It's amazing. If you want to see the difference a director can make, watch that episode and study it and compare it to other episodes which are all fine but none of them match steven spielberg's episode and
0: none you, of them and you know what toppy it's interesting uh, if if you are uh playing along with the minutia here at Name minutia. the episode that steven spielberg directed of colombo was also made the same year that he did his first TV movie, which was um, um, Duel, that we actually discussed in a past episode here of Matinee Manisha. And also, a side note, uh, just something interesting to think about, is that one of the fan-favorite episodes is, of course, the episode with Dick Van Dyke, where he's a photographer that ends up murdering his wife. Well, in real life that year... I think it was 74, perhaps uh, Dick Van Dyke had a very public coming out in that he starred in a TV movie that was about somebody who had a problem with alcohol abuse. Mm-hmm. And that was also the same year that Dick Van Dyke came clean uh, in public media saying that he had a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it all ties into the same year of him being in his TV movie and on Columbo And his character in the episode of Columbo, which is called Negative Reaction, um, he has a scene where he walks in on Columbo, um, you know, um, going through his desk drawers or something like that. And he says to Columbo, he goes, I would offer you a drink, but I'm not a drinking man. Hmm. (laughs) So that's an allusion to his real world self. Mm -hmm. So, okay Well, we are coming up to the end of the show So we're going to head on out to the lobby And this is a part of the program we call our snack tray, Toppy It's what's left over after you've gone through everything And, uh, you know, maybe you've got some jujubes in the box still there Some popcorn So I'll go ahead and I'll let you know Something that you might like if you enjoy Columbo this was uh, my sister-in-law's favorite series, and it stars a, um, well, sort of a film star, Mr. Tony Shalhoub, who was in the Men in Black films uh, on USA Network, if you remember Ron Deshir and Gilbert Godfrey, Up All Night! In, <laughs> in, <laughs> <laughs> in, wow, Is that a blast from the past? Oh yes, yeah. so in two thousand two, Mr. Tony Shalhoub got to start his own series. It had seven seasons. I'm talking about Monk. And this is a series that followed Adrian Monk, a brilliant former San Francisco detective who now consults the police as a private consultant who battles with an obsessive-compulsive disorder. So, you know, in this world that we're living in now, where maybe we've spent a little bit more time at home, uh, a lot more people are realizing that, uh, you know, they have organizing issues and maybe issues with keeping things clean, so... A detective with an obsessive compulsive disorder, Monk. I recommend that if you like Columbo,
1: a really good choice because it, it was another actor who who totally made an original character with Monk, and uh, that's a, that's a really really good uh, choice. Good DJ, uh, I just chose the other two companion shows that were the rotating. NBC Mister Movie of the Week, they were both good. I'm not sure they matched Columbo. Columbo seemed to really be the better of the three, but McMillan and Wife and McCloud mm-hmm. were not bad at all. Quite entertaining, both of them. Uh, both very different. All three of these shows are very different and very entertaining. Uh, Rock Hudson and McMillan and Wife. Very appealing. The actor who was in Cloud uh, and in uh, the Steven Spielberg movie we just mentioned. Oh, Duel. We just mentioned it. Duel. Yes. Thank you. What's his name? Uh, the Chapman will rescue us. I know they will. Dennis Weaver. Okay. Oh my God. Dennis Weaver. Uh, uh, very appealing actors and performances. Uh, Nancy Walker was a great character actor who was in Macmillan and Wife. She provided a lot of uh, comic Relief. Uh, the the actress
0: that played the wife, DJ. Oh, well, she's in the show. I'm going to talk about in a minute. Here. I know, but
1: what's her name? Susan
0: St. James. There you go. <laughs> Susan St. James.
1: One of the fun, fun, fun things about McMillan and Wife was the script writing and the witty repartee. Those two actors had Ruck Hudson and Susan St. James. It reminded me a lot of, of a much later TV series, uh, Moonlighting. Oh, and with no. Bruce Willis and uh,
0: don't forget Heart to Heart.
1: No, <laughs> of, they had nothing, they had none of the re,
0: witty repartee <laughs> of
1: moonlighting, but a uh, shag uh, carpet, <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Uh, Sebbel Shepherd and Bruce Willis, uh, that show had that witty repartee that that McMillan and wife had, very entertaining, well written, uh, and uh. Uh, oh, it says, uh, uh, uh she was in, Col- Nancy Walker was in Colombo too. Anyways, uh, that's it. Those are my recommendations. DJ, mm-hmm. get that
0: doggone bag of magic coins out. Let's see. I'm going to dig out those coins. A mid to late 80s sitcom set in New York City. Two divorcee mothers bring their children under one roof to raise them as a family. Starring Saturday Night Live actress Jane Curtin. The next time I'm at Name Minutia, we're going to be discussing long-running sitcom Kate and Alley, which was a favorite of my youth. uh, You know, to a boy that grew up out in the rural part of New York State, life in the city was just a mystery to me, and people who didn't have both a mom and a dad, that was a little weird to me, because you know, I I grew up with a nuclear family, I'll say it right I'm not George Bush Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Kate and Allie next time on Matinee Minutia, Jane Curtin and uh, Susan St. James Well, that'll be interesting because, as I say, I only saw a
1: handful of episodes. I don't know if it was syndicated.
0: Uh, I just don't remember it being ever. Goodness. Well, the reason why it came up was because it was in recent memory. Before the holidays, or at the start of the holidays, we discussed the gem with uh, Ed O'Neill Dutch. And one of the daughters in Caton Alley, in later years... Uh, played a, um, a a a lady of the night on uh, Dutch. So okay. see her at the beginning of her career on Kate and yes. Alley before you watch. Also, Dutch. you can see proto nineties uh,
1: hairstyles and clothing. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> anyways, that will be interesting. That's next time on uh, Matinee Minisha, Katie and Alley. Uh, I'd like sorry. Uh, thank you to Aunt Tudor and Sam and Billy Star Sage and Marn Gertz and Artie. Cruiser and Tommy Eschbrons, uh for making everything great uh, and coming by and helping us out here by participating in the chat room. It makes it so much more fun for us, folks, having you here. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: All right, so we're out here at the lobby, and the doors are about to close because it's closing time. So, Toppy, in the uh, ways of the old days of radio, could you say good night, Gracie? Yeah, good night, Gracie. Thank you for listening to Matinee Minutia.
1: Our show streams
0: live on the first and third Friday of the month. Go to UnivazPods.net. click the tower for streaming audio, enter discord for our chat room.
1: You can find our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Find us on Twitter at Matinee Minutia. Find our group on Facebook. Or
0: visit our webpage at matineeminutia.com. Have an idea for a show or why not let us know how we're doing? Email us at matineeminutia at gmail.com. This has been an Ollie Bug production.
1: Chu's Gone Wild with Matt and Tom.
0: Speak up. The
1: Smellcast by Tommy Smelly.
0: Be heard. Tastes
1: like burning
2: with Tim
0: and James. Unique voices in podcasting.
2: The Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti.